Hello and welcome to a new week of What's the Deal with Seinfeld with me, Chris Milner. My guest this week is noted DC, Maryland and Virginia comedian and international army-based star, Rob Mayer. Yes, yeah, superstar. I like superstar. to say it actually, <laughs> but but thank you. I think I, I thought I wrote that down. For More you. venues around the world than in the U.S. Maybe do you think? Um, yeah, that's. I'm not sure if that's good or not, but I've probably performed. I performed in more countries outside of the U.S. than countries inside the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good, 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 well played. But no, that's that's a good. Ob- all I'm, the observation I'm trying to make here is that you are probably one of the most travelled and international people I've had on, right? Yeah, sure. Jerry Seinfeld also very international appeal as a comedian. Aha! There you go. That's why you're here for and no other reason. And that's where the similarities stop, right? There <laughs> in terms <laughs> of, yes. I can't imagine <laughs> anyone with more different material. No, he's you know clean and rich and successful, and I'm <laughs> I'm dirty and, and broken doing this podcast <laughs> yeah, and looking forward to doing it, not like begrudgingly. Like <laughs> no, no, you had nothing else going on. This is this is my week. This is it. This is what I accomplished. <laughs> So how uh, have you been watching Seinfeld all your life? Because you mentioned to me, not all your life, but since, yes, it, I'm since it came I'm out. I'm 30 years old. Yeah. No, since it came out, though, because you were, when it came out in the 90s, you were already yes. 18. How old? 18, 19? Yeah, yeah I was, like I was uh, yeah, 73 is born. So, yeah, you got that right. Right. No, I grew up my uh, my adult 20s. Yeah, Seinfeld. Absolutely. I've been on since... I'm not sure if I, I watched the initial, you know, first episode season, but I think once it became popular and like it, once it got good, I was uh, it was appointment television. Must see TV, Chris Milner. Appointment television is a phrase I've heard only in doing this, um, doing this thing, apparently for this show. So you started watching Seinfeld before you ever started doing comedy. Yes. Did you like Seinfeld before you got into comedy? Do you think that was one of the reasons you considered it, or did you not put those two things together at all? No, I never. I don't ever remember being a fan of Jerry Seinfeld stand-up. You know, when I, you know, as a kid, I loved you know Sam Kennison and then Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy, and then Chris right. Rock would have been my main influence when I started doing stand-up because he was, you know, he had a run of just being. The greatest thing of, of all time, but in ter- in ter- so in terms of stand up, no, I never looked at Jerry. If I'm looking at somebody clean, it would have been like Brian Regan would have been somebody. Well, you mentioned just before we started this that you never enjoyed the stand up bits of the show, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, you know, I think Jerry does a good job on the show of of being, you know, the straight man a lot of the times, yep. and I love all the ridiculous debates. That happened because of Seinfeld. Because I like, I kind of like stupid, meaningless conversations. <laughs> well, yeah. When it, when I mentioned the previous episode, you were like, "Is it a pick or a scratch?" Yeah. So you knew what we were talking no, about. No, I like, I like, I, I remember having a long conversation with someone with a buddy. We were drinking and we were debating like, "Is a shit ton more than a shit load more than?" And so for like an hour, and that it just is stupid conversation. But that's what I want to talk about. It's yeah. just dumb things like that. Yeah, that's apparently what the, the attracted Jerry and Larry to each other was the going over the minutia of yes. you know, a completely irrelevant thing. You know, yeah. just I find it fascinating. Yeah, arguing yeah. it to the to death, yeah. 
That's interesting. Well, the episode we're going to watch today is the movie. Uh, it premiered on January the 6th, 1993 to an audience of 16.7 million and has an 8.6 star rating on IMDb. Jerry does a set at a comedy club, then goes to meet George, Elaine, and Kramer afterward to see a screening of Checkmate. However, a simple miscommunication causes the four to keep missing each other at two different theatres. Let's do it. And the credits are rolling. The timer has started on basically a bit, an extended bit about movie theaters. Yeah, and this is a great episode to highlight cell phones are really important. Because <laughs> yeah. all this would have been... You, you get you get Uber, cell phone, and Venmo, and this is the no, no problems. <laughs> this entire episode is just yeah. I texted them, I couldn't make it. Uh, I could, I, didn't, I couldn't break a twenty. I Venmoed my bunny, and then I, I got an Uber, Uber and yeah. yeah, and didn't ride with this horrible comic. Yeah, both of those hosts texted me to let me know that uh, you know I was in danger of missing my right. spot. Uh, and it would have been there would have been no drama, no <laughs> no no comedy. Yeah, well, good point. Yeah. Because sometimes point. people will say, you know, I, I should have been born at this time. And, and maybe, maybe you, you know, you have like your, this 60s uh, hillbilly, uh, or not hillbilly, but, you know, sort of this, I want to protest things. And that, that would have been more of my hippie, that's the word. Right. More of my, uh, my, my speed. Hipster. Yeah, but once you've lived in this, with this technology, you can't go back. Yeah, you can't really. There's a few things, I think, that have made humans g in general lazier right yes. and most of those are to do with accessibility yeah right so all of those things make us useless i remember the adventures you used to have before phones when you like there was one where they had to this came up again when they were they all got lost on the road because mm -hmm. one was supposed to follow the other and they got lost and you realize well that this this would just not even be an issue anymore yeah, I, I get lost now, and that, and I still have, you know, Waze or whatever I'm using. And I, like, how did I ever find anything? Yeah. I have no idea how I could find anything. Well, there was maps you used to, and here's the crazy th thing. It used to be, even before the internet, you remember before the internet. At least when yeah. I was there, we had to, we had the internet, but we had to go on, uh, whatever it was. MapQuest. MapQuest. Print was it. something off. Print something yeah. off with the directions. Mm -hmm. Right. My mum used to love that. She used to <laughs> highlight all the different things. So she just used to highlight the whole thing. Yeah, and that's what you used to do. But before that, what did you do before that? Just use maps. Orienteer. And, and you <laughs> stop and you ask someone at a gas station. Orienteering yeah. is not a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> no one needs it anymore. Back then it used to be like, oh, well, you need to get around. You need to be able to use a compass, you know, and read a map. Because otherwise, how are you going to get there? Or you take someone with you on a gig that you didn't want to take because they know how to get there. Oh, yeah, as well, yeah. yeah. And being lost was a great excuse. Saying you got lost was a legitimate excuse for being as late as you wanted. That was a great. That was a great get out of jail free card back and then. And traffic, I didn't expect it. Well, you could have looked it up. You, now you know. Now you you sort of have. You have to be more accountable. Yeah. Not that we are, but this also is a good episode because, like, the movie theater, it's packed. I can't. I don't think I can be in a packed movie theater anymore. 
Yeah, again, going to the movies. It's funny because in that, Elaine is complaining about the, the, the lower quality movie. And now it's like that television is probably a better quality screen than they were watching on then. Yeah. Right? Sure. The movies going now, it's ridiculous because they're so much better than they were, but no one really wants to go to the movies anymore because you can get them on that screen in your living room right now, most of them. Yeah. And like, and I say this about a sporting event too, if everything goes right, like you're in a, in a nice theater and everyone's cool around you and it's great, or if you're going to a Redskins game and the weather's nice and you have good seats and they win and, and there's no drunk asshole around you, if everything goes perfect, it is better. Yes. But that happens almost never. Too many variables now. Too many variables. And it's... Again, funny, movie fo- uh, phone is not only would have ruined this episode, they ruin movie theaters now. That's yeah. the main r- movie ruiner is people's phones. And people talking on the phone, texting, screens, games, mm-hmm. general chit-chat. We are getting the, uh, the, the higher-end theaters now where you have, they serve food and they serve alcohol and you've got the... But it's still movie theater food. I don't care what... No, they have ones that are better, like the Alamo is a chain. The, I think the closest they have is the Nashville. Oh, yeah, I went to, no, I went to one of those nicer. in Charlotte ones, yeah. Yeah. Those wings. But apparently, per pound, popcorn is more expensive than filet mignon because <laughs> apparently, of the... Yeah. yeah, because it's so <laughs> light and how, uh, yeah, how much they charge for it. I used to tell a joke... And then um, Jeff Ross said that he, it was his joke, and then he got mad at me. But um, about when you go to the movies, and they always try to upsell you when you're buying popcorn or whatever. And they're like, for $3 more, you can get you know a 20-gallon drum of popcorn. And then the joke would be, well, for $5 more, I could eat at the Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> so you know, just be happy that I'm buying this, right? And then I told, I did, that. I used to do that all the time, and then I was seeing at the Improv, and Jeff Ross was the headliner, and he goes, I have a similar joke, and I told it on the Tonight Show, and I was like, all right, I mean, I'm not, I had no idea, I'm not trying to, s-. and it wasn't, it wasn't, by the way, a similar joke, but that it was similar, but it wasn't the same. In that impression, he didn't sound very pissed off. He, well, he also, <laughs> he actually, I, I liked it, because he said, hey, you want to see my new headshot? And I go, yeah, he's got it on his phone, and then he pulls out this picture, and it's this girl, you know, sucking his dick. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, that's so, yeah. I thought he was going to play a prank on you and show hi- you show you your headshot. You know? that w- yeah, that's what happens when you steal my joke, yeah. bitch. I would r- I I would rather have seen his dick actually. Funny you mentioned Jeff Ross though, because there was a lot of roasting in that episode when it comes to the you look likes, because they were yeah. all having to describe each other there to was. strangers, and it was just like roast comedy. Do you think you could describe your friends to other people and they would know them? Uh, go recognize them? Yeah, in an insulting way. Yeah, for sure. But what about in like a police way? Like they need they need to search for this person. Like if I see a crime committed, I'm like I don't know. It was just they were tall. Yeah, but y- you know, y- you look very average. Yes, you could be a good spy. Yes, very forgettable face. Thank you. Um, yeah. But so you'd be hard to describe because True. it'd be like okay, so medium height, medium build, yes. dark hair. I don't right. even, I can't even see what color your eyes are. Yes. They might as well just be swirling question marks. They are. That's what they are. Right? Yeah. They're bluish. <coughs> but then if you see someone like, I don't know, like Stavros. Yes. Easy to describe, you know? Yeah. Bald head, sort of. Yeah, just like strip down the fat controller yeah. from Thomas Chubby. the Tank Engine. Sure. Give him diabetes. Yeah. 
Well, you have the accent, so that that's going to help. Right, that's not going to help someone identify me from a distance, though. Unless they I'm can tell shouting. by the way they can tell by the way you walk. You have an accent. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> he had this arrogant air <laughs> right. about him that he was just better <laughs> educated than others. Sorry, more well educated. Um, yeah, as well as that, I found out in a movie theater once that having a British accent is the least intimidating accent when it comes to hushing people down in movie theaters. Yeah, are you? Uh, what's your your pro your etiquette that? Are you a husher? Oh yeah, I'll happily. Okay. Not even hush, just literally say shut the fuck up. Um, but the problem is when you're taking on like six urban preteens. Yeah. And you're wearing 3D glasses. <laughs> and you're speaking in a British accent. Um, and wearing a t-shirt that said, make love, not war. Right. Uh, and all lives across, matter. Yeah, you don't yeah. come across very yeah. threatening at all. Um, my girlfriend will hush. And she'll, she'll, she'll tell people to be quiet. Which is a little hard for me because then I feel like, should I have said that? Is she uh, emasculating me? Was she waiting for me to step in and then she said something? Because I think it's easier for her because, you know, as a female, I think there's less likely that they're yeah, going to come back strong. Yeah, but then, but then you're immediately kind of in the position. She's kind of thrown you, thrust you almost unwillingly into the position of right. potentially having to defend her if things kick off. Yes, because if they come back with something other than sorry or, or, or yeah, they you up can't up, now I have to step You can't up. be like, well, you got yourself into this. You can get yourself out. No, I'm watching the film. Give me the popcorn. Right. I'll I hold your bag, but yeah. this is all you. That's my instincts is to do what you said, but I can't. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I'm like, hey, this is your, hey, have at him. But no, you're right. I have to step up, and I don't want to ever step up. You I seem won't. like the sort of guy that wouldn't have a problem with stepping up. Um. Yeah, it's it's not that I would I I try to avoid confrontation. Here's the best part about a movie theater: you can, if you like, deepen your voice. No one can really see how tough you actually are. Yeah. So like, if you sound a bit scary with the initial, you know, shut the fuck up. Yes, I can you do know, that. I can fake it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be if someone shouted that at me. I'm shutting the fuck up. I'm not even turning around to see whether yeah. or not it was a skinny British guy imitating a much bigger, gruffer, Why risk harder it? man. Well, I get, um, I get, I start to feel the tension if I, f if I know, if I'm with someone and I know they're getting upset and then it makes me uncomfortable because I know it's coming. And then you've got to sit in a room for two hours with the, I can't, can't even enjoy leave. It. Right. I can't even leave the perpetrator and the accused are all no, sitting it, in the same place. It's a not a fun movie going experience. Then when the lights come up, you've got to give them the little eye as you walk out. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is still, this is still a thing two hours later. But sometimes you say something, even politely, and they get mad at you. It's like, why are you mad at me? For me, thanks for drinking my beer. Oh, shit. That for me, beer. wanting you to be quiet during the movie that we paid $14 to see. Yeah, and You're offended that, that I would like to be able to hear the movie. An absorbent amount of money, especially now, mm -hmm. right? Because there, in that episode, it's seven fifty for the movie. You're dreaming if you're paying seven fifty these days, unless you're sixty years old right. or seven, right? And now, did you see recently? Now you can't watch those new, I think whatever the most recent Avengers movie is, doesn't premiere in regular. So for the first couple mm -hmm. of weeks, you can only see it in three D or IMAX. So if you want to see it quick, you've you got to pony up right. to spill for the more expensive format. That doesn't bother me because I feel like 
movies have got, gotten more expensive, but they have gotten better in terms of not not the quality necessarily, but in terms of visually, in terms of the the CGI, in terms of a, a, a viewing experience. Right, they so are better. So this is this came up with Mike. Aesthetic viewing pleasure versus good writing, right? Which is easier to tolerate. You know, if you have something that looks shit but the writing's good, or something that looks good but the writing's shit, which would you say that you'd prefer? Well, I would prefer writing, but if I'm going to the reason you go to a movie, the movie theater, is because of the the, the movie theater experience, the huge screen, the IMAX, the sound. If it's just a, a dialogue-driven, great, well-written movie, why would you even go to the theater? Yeah, I, I, I side on that as well. I was like, a good performance and good stylization on screen can make up for a lot of bad writing for me. If I'm, like, immersed in it. Right. You know, if it's, like, an immersive sort of, like, take you out of yourself experience, and at no point do I, does the fourth wall kind of get broken, and I think, what the fuck was that? Or right. that was crap, <laughs> or what a shit line, or that dragon clearly isn't real right or something like that as long as i'm not thinking those thoughts i'm very happy you to get watch swept away a crappy movie mm -hmm. you know what i mean the other thing is in that movie and i think we can relate in that show that episode we can relate to that is the the annoying comic corner, oh god i didn't even you. mention that yeah oh yeah dude that guy was very annoying. What was his name? Uggs Buckles or something. Fats, something fat silly. Something. And, and fat Chuckles. Or and you do, and I probably get this more than you, but you do get the person that is clearly below you on the, the rung. They're newer and they want to they impress you. Are you saying that you get that more than me because you're higher on the rung? I'm s that and I'm just doing it longer. Yes, that's <laughs> that's was my nice way of saying that, yes. Um, no, you just you get someone no, that yeah, wants to... Yeah. They want to riff with you. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. I uh, luckily have always cultivated an air of aloof standoffishness that most people misinterpret as me being a dick. And it's actually me just portraying a dick right. around you so that I can avoid exactly that. And uh, it pays off. I think the, the lack of having to do that sort of crap and putting up with annoying people makes up for the fact that a lot of people misinterpret me as generally being a dick. So I'm fine. Think what you want. You know, yeah. people that know me know that I'm not, but I'm more than happy for you all to think that and not have to riff about what if historical figures <laughs> were stuck in traffic <laughs> with you. You know what I mean? No, I think you're playing you're you're doing the right thing. But it's easier for you to come off like that. I know. I think I just come off like a dick. And I right. I don't want to come off like see that's the thing as I want to be liked. But well I also want to be left alone, which is hard to do both. That's where the language difference comes in, because I'm a very unsympathetic character on stage in general. And so it's easy to continue that off stage as a sort of defense mechanism against idiots. I mean, I find that almost it's exhausting for me a lot of times just to be one on one with someone because I, I can't zone out. Like in a small group, I can let other people just sort of talk mm. and then I can go off in my own head. But one on one. You know, you're okay. It's I'm always <laughs> I have to be present, and you have to be really interesting to keep my attention. Right, and the problem is as well when it comes to riffing. Riffing is quite a. I mean, I love riffing, but there are some people who just don't riff very well, and right. some people 
you can have three of the best riffers in the world, but if two are riffing in a different way than the other one, or are used to, t or going on a different take, mm -hmm. or getting on better, it doesn't mean that the riff's going to work, or it's going to be, you know, a fun time for everybody. It's got to be organic. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's, and some people, if you force it, it's like forcing crowd work. Yeah. Well, what do you do for a living? Is this really going anywhere? Yeah. Or is it just sort of just going to happen? I mean, why, why Why are we doing this? I know. Jerry, in that episode, seemed... Yeah, he was being pretty mean to that guy. And it's something that I've noticed is whenever you need to make one of these characters look slightly more sympathetic you or like, you know, the victim, you need to bring in another character that is a complete dick. Yeah. You know, because otherwise... You know, you think, well, Jerry's a bit of a dick, or Joey's a bit of a dick. But you bring in a foil, like... Uh, well, like Kenny Banyan, he was the... I haven't met him yet. You Really? No, I haven't met him yet. Okay. So he's like the hack comic, right? Yes. Okay. Ovaltine. That's his big joke. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, so you bring in that guy, whatever his name is, Fat Chuckles or yeah. Bugs Buckles or whatever, and you feel sorry for Jerry because he's stuck in a cab with this guy. But then Jerry is being a complete dick to him on top of that as well. But you just you're not really feeling that sorry for the guy because he's very annoying. But given the fact that I've done the past couple of episodes been talking about how much of a dick Jerry Seinfeld is purported <laughs> to be. Right. Just watching that then I was kinda like, Oh, look, that's the most sincere acting I've ever seen you do is <laughs> when you just had to say, No, I don't like the bit, the bit's not funny. We do get put in that spots as comics of trying to you know how, 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 do you think that was funny? Talk, can you give me some pointers, some advice? And like uh, my buddy Joe Robinson, I did my podcast with Robin Joe Show. Yeah, he would be famous back in the day for just telling people, like being honest. And I sort of try to play. You know what? I think uh, I see where you're going with that, and I would have done this different. But he'll say, "Look, you're not funny. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you a bad person. I can't play guitar. That's why I don't play guitar in a band because I can't." Wow. Doesn't make me a bad person. Who did he? Who's he said that to? He said it to tons of people. By the way, he said it to people that have. There's there's a comic that that uh, book shows still that like ten years ago asked him, and he said you don't, you're not. This isn't what you're made to do. You're not. You don't have it in you. <laughs> wow. You're not likable. He's still doing comedy, <laughs> but it's like he did. He didn't. He doesn't soften it. He doesn't be a dick about it. There was a. I was listening to. Um, a podcast with Chad Daniels on the other day, mm -hmm. and uh, apparently he decided to make sure that he didn't tell a lie for a year. Um, for a whole year, he tried to not even withhold the truth. If anyone <laughs> asked him, he'd tell the whole truth. And he said he, he, he said it was an amazing experience for him because, you know, like, was it Mark Twain said, a man who doesn't lie never has to remember anything, right? And so he never had to remember any of the huh. lies, but at the same time, he said he ruined his mum's surprise birthday. <laughs> he ruined his sister's thing. Because Interesting. Like, yeah, his mum was just like, uh, where are we going? Uh, knew that he couldn't tell a lie. Wow. And he was like, well, you know, some of your friends from high school, we got them together for a surprise 60th birthday party and we're on the way there now. <laughs> I don't know if that, w if that, if the lessons learned in that were worth it. <laughs> well, he's very happy. He seemed very happy. And, and I was thinking, could I do that? And immediately I was like, no, yeah. I couldn't at all. I Especially at in all. a relationship. Right, because I lie to help 
to save the feelings of yes. my wife, right? right? A lot of the time, you know, and I don't think that, you know, honesty can be hard to hear a lot of the time. Most people don't really like it. You know, they say they do, but if it's an uncomfortable truth that, you know, A, you didn't realize or you weren't willing to face up to, people don't like to hear the truth no. a lot of the time. And they don't receive it well and, and any purpose of telling them that truth which hurts them is is lost right and so it's a it's a net loss it's not you know we're trying to all live together and coexist not tell the truth all the time yeah but it's strange because his angle was the way that he would explain it if he would if he would hurt someone would be well this is about respecting you so i respect say if we were in a relationship i was Mm -hmm. like rob this isn't about me trying to hurt you this is about me respecting you so if I've just come back off the road and you're like, oh, let's see each other tonight. And even though I don't have anything planned, I need to spend a bit of time on my own decompressing. I'm going to say, I don't want to see you tonight. I need some time to myself. I'll see you in a couple of days when I really want to and I'll really enjoy it and we'll both get more out of it. But if I came over now, I wouldn't want to. Right. And I, wouldn't, I don't want to be with you if I don't want to be with you. And so this is about respecting. Wow, I'm actually I'm believing you now. You see what I mean? It's like weird, right? But like you need someone that's on the other receiving end of that to be like, wow, that makes sense. And I'm not going to look at this as like you trying to hurt me, but you trying to, you know, respect me, and our time together. Bizarre. And I really want to listen to it more. And then the podcast got cut off. It was like, oh well, then then they're going to know. There you go. The the other thing follows me on Twitter though. Big up that Chad Daniels. Yeah. You sure he's not? He's not lying on Twitter with fake. fake no, he is there. He, uh, I, we, he and I did a. Well, he was a headliner at a, a festival I did a few years ago, and uh, we made made a bit by tweaking the letters of the uh, sign for the hotel. You know, they had one of those like they had in front of churches or fast food places where you can just assign the letter, right. like a draft house. Um, yeah, and uh, they had this huge conference there, and we were drunk, and I think we, you know, we just did pretty. Wrote the N-word. I yeah, understand. well, yeah. it wasn't that, but it Hilarious. was... Hilarious. Uh, it was something like that. The other thing in this episode is is the movies. You know, Seinfeld is famous for the fake movies that they've invented. Have you gotten into any of that? No, I was going to ask whether or not any of them... Well, clearly they're not real. The only movie that's been even mentioned up until this point was been um, the one that was they were waiting for in the Chinese restaurant when they were all supposed to be going to that Right. One. Well, there's, you know, I'm on a list now, 11 fictional movies featured on Seinfeld. I don't know if you want to spoil these for you, but you got Channel coming up, Death Note, Rochelle, Rochelle, Prognosis Negative. Oh, that's a good, that's a good news movie. Sack Lunch, Blimp, The Hindenburg Story, Checkmate, we just saw that. Checkmate. Cry, Cry Again. Mountain High. I'd like to know more about them because the dialogue was so bad. (laughs) Like how they choose that dialogue and who's doing the dialogue and who writes it. That's that's something I'd like to know. That's funny. And I like the idea of just of coming up with fake Seinfeld movie titles. Yeah. Like like prognosis negative. That's just (laughs) (laughs) Just everything's fine. Death Watch. <laughs> what was that? Sack lunch. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a bag lunch. <laughs> it's like Does it, it has a description? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. All I know in that one is Kramer once again managed to get himself the hot dog he wanted. Yeah. Free entry 
into the movie, just wandered past the guy that was checking George without a ticket, got the seat, seat, yeah, and then almost got a jacket in <laughs> typical Kramer style because he just picked up the one that was on the chair and it ended up being lame. But he spilled. He would have spilled on his own jacket, but instead he spilled. Oh yeah, and he, and, he missed, and he missed out on a stain. Yeah, good old so. Kramer. Well, and on that, that's the end of uh, today's episode. Join us again on Thursday when Rob will continue to uh, try to figure out what the deal is with Seinfeld. Can't wait.